Another month, new information, great guests, and new and great music. So, what are we talking about today? Worship and racism, part two. So, a few months back, I had the great guest of Miss Melody coming out of South Carolina and Mr. Jarmel Evans coming out of the D.C. area. And we shared a discussion about worship and racism. And we really talked about the aspect of the worship part. But here, I have a great guest. Um, by the name of Mr. Damon Stubb, who is going to talk about his brand, Conscious of Pentecost. And also he talks about the community, how we can advocate for, for the community, um, speaking up for the folk and the, the suppressed. And those who have been cast down and put aside and turned aside, this episode is all about it. It's very informative, very relational, and we get in depth with all of it. So if you've never heard of, heard of Conscious and Pentecost, you can check it out at www.consciousinpentecost.com. It's a great website and he's very informative. He has, he has blogs that are interesting, great read. I commit, you know, I encourage you. Check it out. Um, and shout out to my good friend, Mr. Kimo. He is the person who connected us and I'm glad he connected us because I hope to be able to work more with um, Mr. Damon Stubbs in the future. He's hailing from the great city of New York, and the conversation is going to be good. And then you can follow up definitely on social media platforms and on his website and, you know, share the information with other people. Also, before we get to that great conversation, I want to shout out my sis, my girl, Jewel B. Strutter. She was a guest on my one-year episode. I believe it was my 12th episode with Other New Talk in 2016. And we talked about he emotions, she emotions. It's still out there. You can find it on SoundCloud or iTunes. And so that episode was a great discussion. But my girl is not just a, a talker or a person full of information, though she is also very full of information. She's also a singer. And her song, Hearts of Fire, we about to play it. We about to rap it. Check it out. You can find it on iTunes. It's good music. It's peaceful music. You can see her on YouTube. You know, Jewel B. That's the name. That's my sis, and I'm going to rap her, you know, wherever I go, honestly, because um, she has a brand that is worth following, and she has a heart that is looking for people. So, stay right here. Listen right here at Renewed Talk. We're sharing Hearts on Fire, and we're going to have a great conversation with Damon Stubbs, all right? It's Elaine Janelle. Keep it locked right here at Renewed Talk. Can't be contained 
everyone welcome to renew talk is elaine on the mic and i am here with a great guest out of the great city of new york um mr stubbs please tell the people where you're from i am from new york new york i currently am a harlemite so i am in the city of new york the borough of manhattan in the community called harlem so that's why i'm at i've been in new york city now for a little bit over three years so Originally from Jersey, though. But. I was about to ask you, where were you originally from? What yes. part of Jersey, if you don't mind? Originally from South Jersey in the Atlantic City area. Okay. Uh, yep. In between coming to New York and living there, I spent five years in Louisiana. So. Mm. Sounds good. Yeah. So if you hear um, a little accent, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, so what we're doing tonight, uh, for those who are, who are not... Um, used to or had never heard of a new talk before. The new talk is a podcast about life with God involved. That's basically what we do. We have a conversation about life with God involved. And 
this lately my topics have been more around the church so i fluctuate back and forth um with those ideas and it's not always about the church is more so about our everyday life but um because i'm a part of the church i'm going to talk about uh those things that relate to the church and the people of god so with that being said i just want to open up with like the theme scripture that i'm using uh i used it for worship and racism part one and this is worship and racism part two i don't know if there'll be a part three <laughs> <laughs> if there are if there is i will let everyone know I'm gonna turn this a little bit towards my screen, see if people can, yeah, that's gonna be fun. Anyway, <laughs> so our scripture, theme scripture this evening comes from John 10, St. John 10. I'm gonna read NIV version 14 through 16. I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I laid down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason I chose this theme scripture is because it clearly states that um, everybody that's a part of a flock are not maybe the people that you have been acquainted with or who you think um, will be in the kingdom. And what I simply mean by that is Everybody doesn't look the same. Everybody that doesn't culture may not be the same, but as long as they believe that um, Jesus is the Christ um, and he is their Lord and Savior, they'll be there as well. So I wanted to kind of, that kind of breaks the construct of racism and how we view the church. So um, Damon, Mr. Stubbs here, and I just want to let everybody know I'm alive and also on um, YouTube, Mr. Jake Holmes might chime in in about a half an hour. And so if he does, I'm just going to let him release his questions on this evening. So in the meantime, we're going to get started. Uh, I just want to ask Mr. Damon. Okay, let me first start like this. I want to do this first. <laughs> Which way are you going? <laughs> I want to say that I'm grateful because I, um, I believe I met you through Mr. Kimo Brown uh, <laughs> out of the great city and area, um, state of Maryland, area of Baltimore. And he connected, um, he he shouted him out when I did worship and racism the last time. And the dynamic of that conversation is totally different from tonight's conversation. It's not the same. But what I love was when I found his website, Conscious and Pentecost, I was like, oh yes, the man of God must join us. <laughs> because this is a conversation that I feel like many people do not have um and it's needed is necessary and it's relevant mm -hmm. and because it's not often had and then why people um, are not talking about it um i think this is going to bring some freshness to to what we already what what is already in the air like I, what i want to say is already relevant it's already going on but it's just a conversation that hasn't been brought to the forefront and mr stubbs is bringing it to the forefront so before we even dive all the way in, I want you to tell more about yourself. I know that you said you're from the great city of New York, um, but do share other things about yourself related to even how um, you came to the place of wanting to talk about racism and Pentecost. Right, so uh, first let me say thank you so much, Elaine, for having me. I appreciate the invitation. It's an honor to be on this platform to talk about this all important subject. 
Um, so like, so, I mean, pretty much I've grown up in Pentecost in a Pentecostal church um, since I've been very young. Um, I've been in ministry or involved in ministry since my teenage years. Um, I've been youth minister. I've led uh, statewide districts for a denomination for young people. Um, but with that, with my ministry, I've also been very involved and very interested in the topics of race, racism, um, black studies, African-American history, sociology. Uh, these things really were a part of my life, especially at the end of high school, going into college where I've earned a degree in sociology and religion, a minor in black studies. Um, there I was president of the Black Student Union while also being a youth minister. So, I mean, this has always been uh, a part of who I am, a part of my identity. But after graduation from college and after spending some time in Louisiana, it really began to come together where I no longer wanted to uh, have two separate me's and allow mm -hmm. them to live and exist separately. So the church knew the church. It wasn't nothing sin or anything, but just that the church knew Elder Stubbs. Um, mm -hmm. But over here, they knew me as, you know, hey, you know, fist raised, let's go. Let's talk about the issues. And I really begin to say this, this can't be. I don't believe it's the Lord's will for me to exist in this duality. I believe that if I'm going to serve him, all of it, you know, love the Lord thy God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. So all of me had to serve him. And, I, and so these things were already in me. But as I began to really bring it together, I'm like, there's some really issues in the church. Not simply, I don't think that my assignment or my, you know, um, what I feel as though my contribution in the body is, is to just point out racism in the church. No, yeah. um, that's only step one, because before we can be a good witness to the world, we really got to fix some things within our own house. Right. Uh, and so, of course, I, I shed light on that um, racism in the church, but also how can the church be an effective witness um, and present the full gospel of Christ, which will include um, a heart for the least of these, which will include mm -hmm. a heart and a consciousness for our communities wow. and for what the world is suffering with and for the disparities that we find in education and health and housing and how can the church um, operate in justice um, and really be a prophetic voice. And yeah. so that's how it really came together. It's always been a part of me, but as I begin to really, I hate to say merge, but as I really began to say, you know what? There's one Stubbs, there's one Damon, there's one God, you know, <laughs> wants all of me, I'm bringing it all to him. Um, and I believe that there was nothing um, that I was passionate about or compassionate about that was contrary to Christ. And okay. I always say that Christ is not a separate consciousness. He is at the center of my consciousness. And it's because of my love for him that has given me the drive and the passion to say, I'm going to dismantle white supremacy brick by brick, beginning in the mm -hmm. Lord's house, okay. beginning in God's house, and then also making sure that I am a good witness and that I am equipped to speak truth to power 
in uncomfortable, inconvenient mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. um, there's been a price to pay, but we can definitely talk about that. But that's a little background. So that's good. So I, if you don't mind me asking, because you mentioned um, that you're from Jersey and then you went and lived in Louisiana for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Can you hear me clearly? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you went to live in Louisiana for a period of time. And what I wanted to ask you, was there something that transpired between New York, Louisiana, and between New Jersey, Louisiana, and coming back to New York that shifted, that brought that duality together? Was there any experience or was it just, um, was it just life itself that called you to? I believe all of it can be correct. I mean, I believe it was a whole season that really caused me to bring this duality together. Um, in when I left from Jersey, went to Louisiana, I went there for new opportunity. I went there mm -hmm. to really steal away from what I was used to and comfortable with and really increase my knowledge in er other areas of ministry. And there I joined up with a church there, which was a blessing. Um, but that church of course was a predominantly white church Okay. Um, and, and it wasn't just because it was predominantly white church. Louisiana is a different environment altogether. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just really the church, but it was the whole Louisiana experience that really allowed me to see this. And you know what? We are baptizing. We are laying hands. We are prophesying or prophesying. Mm -hmm. We are doing all of these things, but we're doing it almost as a separate entity from our communities. Like I, I, I really began to see that, not charity. See, there was charity, but there's justice and charity aren't the same. And mm -hmm. so charity is one thing. So yes, we fed the poor, we mm -hmm. reached out to the inner city. I mean, we did all of those all things, but I felt almost to say, wait a minute, where is my convictions? I felt okay. as though okay. that I began to look at myself and said, I'm no longer, I don't, I don't recognize myself. Mm. I don't recognize my authentic self because it wasn't uh, uh, overtly suppressed. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes there are little things here and there, a culture where okay. maybe it's just known mm -hmm. that these are something that we just don't do. Yeah. And that really just caused me to have this wrestling match within myself. So there's no way, and this is when Black Lives Matter movement was popping off. This is when mm -hmm. I was in Louisiana when Trayvon Martin was killed. I was in, I mean, I was in Louisiana when when my when the Ferguson uprising was happening. I mean, I mean, so and when I heard that there had it, what there wasn't preached a Christ that seemed concerned about these issues and about the suffering of black people in this nation and in our communities and about the suffering of, of, of indigenous people, brown people, of, of the disenfranchised of poor people. Mm -hmm. I said, well, wait a minute. And so that really created me to question and, and really go deeper. It's always been there, but I'm right. like, why aren't, why isn't that Damon serving God in the way that you feel as though he's, you know what I'm saying? Why is it so separate? So yeah, so that experience, it is not a particular church or a particular people, but that whole season, just I, I tell people that um, Louisiana stretched me. You know what okay. I'm saying? It okay. really stretched mm -hmm. me. And um, the things that I saw, poverty and 
racism, there's racism in the North, but even when I saw it systemically being a part of government, and we know mm -hmm. that's everywhere, but so blatant. And, and, and I said, and God has nothing to say about this. I mean, he, he's, he, he is concerned about where we live, what we drive, who we marry. He's concerned about how many people uh, joined the church. I mean, but then he's not concerned that, 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 that there is a disparity in education, in housing, in health, in, in economics. I mean, what God is that? And so it really made me uh, that really brought that out of me. <laughs> and so it really was a launching pad for me to say, no, 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 there is a Christ who's concerned. Um, and so it's funny because even while part of that church, you know, I just told that pastor, say, you know what? I have to wake up with myself every day and who I see in the mirror. I don't feel that there is a reaching across the aisle. Okay. Okay. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I will talk about that later, but yeah, there's not a reaching across the aisle. A lot of times you can go to a, mi a multiracial church, mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean it's a multicultural church. That's good. That's good. So yeah. you can have more than one race in your church, but believe me, there's one culture that's driving yeah. you. <laughs> you can have black faces and white faces and yellow faces, but that don't mean a lot. You have multiracial, but there is a culture. Mm -hmm. Pushing, mm -hmm. and driving, and shaping the theology, and shaping mm -hmm. right. the, the the philosophy, and, and the politics, and the sociology. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is there is a culture that's going to drive there. You can say, "Yeah, we're going to get to heaven. This is how it's going to look," but you're not concerned. You're not passionate. There's nothing. You know, you don't feel heartbroken about that. There's no burden for that, and that concerned me. So, yeah. No, I'm. I'm. I. Okay. So. In my, I, I not only just went to your website, of course I read, I began to dig and study um, because I'm not a person who, um, especially when it comes to me doing my podcast, I'm not going to stay at the, at the top layer. We're going to dig a little bit. We're going to go deeper because that's what the conversation is going to cause us to do. And so in my digging, I, okay, let me first off say this. With the kind, with the title of conscious and Pentecost, mm -hmm. being being conscious not just of the racism but of the injustice that happens in in our communities and in our nation, one thing that stuck out to me was that you didn't just say I'm conscious; you mentioned Pentecost. Mm -hmm. So right there, right there, challenge a theory as if, and it, I'm, I'm I like to cut and mess with the edge a little bit. It challenged the theory as if maybe Pentecost wasn't conscious. Oh, and well, so um, no, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really, I believe that title was given one because I wanted people to know that it, you did not have to choose. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that you can remain in Pentecost. Uh -huh. And because the the scriptures still shape my overall worldview, mm -hmm. and so I wanted people to understand that I'm conscious, I'm woke, in, but I'm woke in Christ. Right. And, and not only am I in Christ, I, I'm woke in Christ, I'm spirit-filled, spirit-led, spirit-driven. That's that Pentecost. Mm -hmm. I still believe in our doctrine, our power, um, our the move of the spirit. I believe in all of it. Right. But I want people to know that you don't have to choose, that the world needs Christ. Right. That's good. But he don't need it like what people say. 
you know, people hear these things on television, like crazy stuff. I heard people pray for, you know, oh Lord, we pray against mass incarceration. Wait, wait, no, 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 no. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> oh Lord, we we pray against this. We and praying against social issues mm. that don't need Pentecostal pixie dust sp sprinkled over it in a little <laughs> prayer and get in, have an all night shut in just praying for mass incarceration or praying for against injustice. I'm like, no, the world needs Christ. They say, yeah, babe, the world needs Jesus. Yeah, but what do you mean when you say that? Yeah, yeah. First of all, what Jesus does the world need? And second of all, who's going to be Jesus? Because yeah. if you think he just going to come and just say, no more mass incarceration, no more homelessness, no more poverty, no more racism, no more disenfranchisement, no more this, no more that. We all good. Like, no, dog. Like, if Jesus is going to show up at a city council meeting, it's going to be because of you. If right. Jesus is going to show up at a board meeting, it's going to be because of you. If mm -hmm. Jesus is going to show up at the mayor's office to say we need a special investigation because this ain't right, if G it's because of you. Jesus ain't oh, coming God. to Flint, Michigan to change the pipes. But the Jesus mm -hmm. in you is going to go to Flint, Michigan to demand that there's justice and accountability and that those individuals will not be taken advantage of. And, you know, that's the Christ. I'm so when I say conscious in Pentecost, I wanted people to know that I'm coming with an awareness, but with a power behind me. You know what I'm saying? I would, as people say, you're not just rebel without a cause. You're not just coming to just yell and scream. No, the purpose and and beyond the purpose, I have a power to prove my purpose. And I mean, the I, I what I love ever so much about your website breaking up, breaking up, and the purpose is that because Jeff, I'm breaking up. Oh, sure, because I can you hear me now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, because. The reason I said that is because justice is shown a lot in the scriptures. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you stop. You stop. Cut out again. Oh. Damon. Yeah, you coming back? All right, okay. all right. No, because because if I have to reconnect, I reconnect. I'll just make sure that the audience is on Instagram. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> that I'm connecting and reconnecting. Um, okay. But what I was saying, I said justice is often shown in the scriptures. Oh yes. But not just, huh? I said, oh yes. Yes, but not just through just a prayer. Um, oh no. Nehemiah, Nehemiah prayed, and then he went to go build. The city. Oh yeah, like it, was a, it was a prayer, and then it was an action. And because of prayer, God blessed it. Because of prayer, God gave him favor through the person that he worked through the king that he worked for. I think I think there's a lot of moments where we missed the fact that it was it's God, but it's the action, right? And it was the obedience that caused the the justice to come, right? Through in, these people in the Old Testament, a lot of times what you find is you find God chastising His people. Not because they didn't pray enough a lot of times, not because they didn't fast enough. We know he commanded them to, but not because they didn't sing enough, not because they didn't come to church enough. 
But he chastised them a lot because they did not be a witness to the foreigner, to the stranger, to the orphan, to the fatherless. Isaiah chapter one, God is whipping them. Say, I'm filled with your vain oblations. I understand all of your singing. I have enough sacrifices and offerings to last me eternity. I ain't with it. He said, but your hands are shedding innocent blood. He said, he said, he said, look what you're, how you're treating the foreigner and the stranger, right? Right. We can go to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, right. Sodom and Gomorrah had has has maybe had some sexual immorality, but that was mm-hmm. the fruit off of a tree uh, uh, that was deeply rooted in what? Uh, usury, extortion, full of bread, but won't share. Mm-hmm. I mean, had all the wealth. But what, this is what Christ was. I mean, this is what God is constantly like chastising them about jeremiah speaking truth to power you know, to the king. Yep. I mean, we can go to all the prophets so that's another when we look at the scripture and see what a prophet is i don't need nobody they weren't prophesying you won't have 10 mules by tomorrow i mean that was nice and they could do it right and sometimes they did mm-hmm. do some, you know prophecies that she was like oh wow okay but when you look at it prophetic is to come in the voice in the heart of god and to be concerned with the issue of the day and to speak God's mm-hmm. mind in the situation. And if I was to take a measurement of what we call prophecy today, we mm-hmm. will come to the conclusion that black people, suffering people, poor people is not on God's mind because no one is prophesying, speaking to prophetically having the boldness to speak truth to power. You feel what I'm saying? So like you said, it is more than just lip service or whatnot or prayers. It is God saying, you're not treating the foreigner right. Right. Mm -hmm. You're not treating the refugee right. 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 You got all this wealth. And how come folk in your country starving to death? Right. God is like, that's not right. And then we go over to the New Testament. He said, let me tell you what pure religion is. Let me tell you what good religion is. Right. right? He says, yes, you have to remove, remain spotless from this world. You know, be holy, undefiled. But don't forget about the orphan, the fatherless, the widow. Don't forget about the, it's this togetherness. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you're, you're fine. Because I, I wanted that to be to be clear. I, I don't I don't I don't. It's funny. I'm, I'm a. It's two pieces to it. And the reason I said I wanted to be clear is because I often think that they call it like the slavery, the slaves mentality. Um, and I think you might have touched on it when I read your blog saying I'm not your um I'm not your preacher. I'm not your Negro preacher. And um because it's almost like the slave mentality of we just gonna call keep hoping. We're gonna keep wishing. And I'm like, even the slaves couldn't have that mentality if they were trying to break freedom. They had to it had to get past this hoping and wishing concept. And I think a lot of times people think that's the that's the stigma of the of the black church in particular, as if we're just hoping and waiting. And it's like, no, the reason why we even got to where we are is because a fight raised up in us, a voice raised up, and it spoke out, and it was a voice of doing, not right. just you know. So that's why I said, no, 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 go. Um, <laughs> my other because I had another question related to um, the prophetic. What I'm, I'm pulling out my little notes. All right, some of y'all who are on my live on Instagram, um, you want to look at my little book with me. <laughs> um, the statement from your website, you said our communities uh, not only deserve prophetic voices, but also prophetic action. And so I was, I was wondering from what you just said, 
do you think that there may be um that we're confused to some extent um and the reason i say to some extent because there are there are i do believe there are prophets who are um or people prophetic people who are doing the work of the lord beyond just the church um beyond just the having church when i say the church right right um but i but with that being said you i feel like that statement kind of charges us mm -hmm. and i wanted you to expound upon that statement of what you're saying to, you were starting to go there and i just wanted you to keep going yeah <laughs> it's just that what i'm talking about prophetic you know yeah we can be a prophetic voice we can speak the word and say it's wrong right and mm -hmm. offer correct, but then we have to move. I want us to move in prophetic action, meaning do something that is a statement of the faith or the declaration you just spoke. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm going to move in this prophetic action. I'm going to step out on what I spoke and do something about it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to uh, allow that word to be formed in my community, not mm -hmm. just by simply just spatting up a few words and, and saying it repetition over and over again. But as a church, we're going to stand up and we're going to be a prophetic force right. in our communities. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, and not just be uh, just, just, just a sound per se, but we want to do something. And so I wanted to encourage believers to do something. Just don't say it's wrong, but do something, you know, mm -hmm. you, you know, the, the black church, and when I say the black church, a lot of people say, hey, ain't no black church, ain't no white church, just Jesus church. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but when we're saying black church, we're speaking more sociological. We're not speaking strictly theology. You know, we understand right. what you're saying. Right. I'm not saying that there's a black heaven and a white heaven. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying, the reason why we have a black church in the sense on why black Christians gathered together to worship God in a way. Worship God mm -hmm. in a way that wasn't so mystical, <laughs> mm -hmm. but they took them. They took the mystery out of God. Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass took the Sojourner Truth, took the mystery out of God, and they and that turn it took the mystery out of God, and it wasn't a God that was just saying, "Oh God, sweet low sweet cherry, God going to deliver us from this plantation one day." No, no, no. They took the mystery out of God. They said, "No, let me tell you what God wants you out now." <laughs> God, God wants us equal now. God, God, you know, Dr. King took the helped us take the mystery out of God. God oh, yeah. is not trapped in a sermon. God isn't trapped in the choir selection. And yes, Master's religion told a group of black people that one day maybe you will be. Mm. And in and, 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 and the sweet by and by, that's mystery. That's a mysterious God. But black, the black church was birthed out of protest. Says we're gonna take the mystery of God. God ain't gonna just be in the street by and by. God is in the here and now. That's and right. He, and just like He delivered, that's how we get that old preach. Just like He delivered, so He gonna do it now. I mean, that's very black. That's black rhetoric because we were a people that had to believe that God. We God wasn't gonna let us know now. And guess what? It wasn't that Harriet Tubman was just gonna pick us up and take us to the north. Like nah. Like I gotta believe God, I gotta trust Him. He gonna give me the way. He gonna He gonna He gonna speak to me. He gonna mm -hmm. tell me where to go. You know what I'm saying? I don't right. have. To, you know, He's gonna give me the strategy. Right. All the things. So yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So no, that's no, that's good. Taking the mystery out of God, and I hope that people are understanding what 
um, that Mr. Stubbs is saying. It's not because God is, God will always, the Bible talks about God being a, a, a mystery. But I understand exactly what you're saying, taking a mystery out of it. When you say to somebody that you hear God speak who never has heard the voice of God, that immediately shows them that there is a shift that can happen. And that's the taking the mystery out of God. But right. it thinks it's a disconnect. And it no. And they proved. They proved that what was a disconnect was immediately a connection because they had to trust him to get them to their to get them to their destination, to right. help them to, their, to get to their goal. Um with what we're talking about tonight, I wanted to transcend some onto into your event in in June. So um, for those who are listening, it, it, it behooves us not to give up um, because uh, initially this episode was supposed to be done in August and it just didn't work out. There was too many problems that day, it just didn't happen. Um, and I decided I, I'm not gonna quit. And so with me not quitting, um, there were some things that I wanted to bring up that happened recently from the summer in August, and I didn't forget about them. So you had an event, I believe, it was in D.C., and I was mad because I registered and couldn't go. Um, <laughs> very much so. I was mad. I was at work telling them I was going to leave. Um, you had the, <laughs> the gospel according to justice. Yes. <laughs> and you had it in June 2018. Right. I wanted to share uh, some of the purpose of having it. And even if you're um, envisioning doing more uh, right. with it, just tell us more about it um, because this helps us to know that Conscious and Pentecost, kind of the vision and, the, and the, um, the essence of where it's going. Right. So the Gospel Courting Justice happened in June and there we had it and it was a blessing and it was just a launching pad. It was the first event that I ever did off of Conscious and Pentecost. Okay. And I organized it for the reason of just giving some people some basic understanding about where we are in, in, in the world, in, in society, mm -hmm. and how the church can be an assistance, how the church can be a help. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. How the church can first reclaim her prophetic voice in this day, right? I mean, I, I, mean, I was trying to call believers away from commercial church and say, we have a community that is suffering. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. you're not exempt. <laughs> that's the thing that's crazy. You've been, someone sold you a lie. Go ahead, tell it. And made you feel, I'm, I'm serious, so it don't affect me. Listen, mm -hmm. your health care is the same. You're, you, you still got bad housing, gentrification taking over your neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? They still arresting your cousins and your boys and your husbands and your fathers disproportionately. You feel what I'm yeah. saying? So don't sit up here and, you know, the prison industrial complex affects the, the kids of the saints. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So, right. so, so I wanted us to start thinking about it's okay to throw money on the altar and say in 10 days, God going to do it. But I wanted us to start thinking about, no, we're going to put our money strategically in this pile mm -hmm. and, and we're going and we're not going to try to build little kingdoms for our own churches. We're actually going to see what we can do to change the narrative of money. And so one of the one of the sessions was changing the narrative of money in the black church, which was oh, that, yeah, that's good. which was, you know, we have we have tons of resources. The, the church is one of the few institutions that still pull money together on a consistent basis, like mm -hmm. in such a major way. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm like, what are we doing with that? 
I know there's bills to be paid. I know we help people. But what are we doing strategically, prophetically? What can we do? Why we just want to build, I don't know, build something or or just a conference. We dropped $50,000 on a conference, you know. And I'm like, that $50,000 could have launched a program in your community that could have revolutionized your community. That went further than a conference. Them conferences that we spent all this money on, they ain't nothing but tapes now collecting dust in our libraries. You know what I'm saying? Because we spent all this money getting, and I love conferences, don't get me wrong, but we have to start changing the narrative about how we deal with the things that God has given us for the impact of our communities. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to challenge that. You know, I wanted to challenge um, what we think prophetic is. We had a session around that, right? And mm -hmm. I also wanted to challenge, I had a Black Lives Matter leader come and sit okay. down and talk with me and talk about building coalition building and standing in agreement on places where we agree and seeing the the, the the theme was how to respond in crises. When something pops off in your city, unarmed black man gets shot again, something happens. Where's the church? Fumbling, scrambling, you know, don't know what to do. We just going to shut it and pray. You know, okay. Th yes, we, we need to pray, but mm -hmm. we're not praying. Lord protect, Lord protect us from all that that's out there. We're praying, Lord, give me the insight, the strategy, the know-how, the wisdom to impact this situation, to roll up my sleeves, to get involved, to understand who the stakeholders are, to understand yeah, where yeah. at stake, understand who do I have to talk to, understand how do I minister to the family, understand how do I speak truth to power, what policies does my church now have to support? Not what politicians, because I know you 501c3 and you can't support par party or politician, but you can support policies that mm -hmm. will positively impact your community and say, Lord, give me the wisdom, give me the insight. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted them to know that our politicians are not photo ops for church anniversary and for proclamations for pastors' anniversaries. Our politicians are to be held accountable by the church. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so th that's what that was about. And, and so moving forward, I am looking to continue wanting to be a resource to the church. That's mm -hmm. one of my things is that I want to be an outlet that leaders in the church could come and understand. Because a lot of people, churches don't have this type of outlet, especially right. in Pentecost. We don't do social justice. We don't do none of that. That's carnal. That's other world. That's another. That's something else we can talk about. But no, I want, no, we're going there tonight. That's why you're here. I want it to be an outlet and a resource to churches, ministries, leaders. I want it to create awareness and provoke thought. Like it says in my words, I want to create awareness, provoke thought. You know what I'm saying? Then I want to do advocacy. So once I prick you, I want to try to help you give you resources say this is how you can be involved not right. saying i want to be some big grand movement i want to be able to tell you the, you may not agree with NAACP on everything but on this issue you need rock with NAACP and you might need to support that policy you right. might want to rock with the urban league over here you might actually want to rock with this particular organization that's pushing for this policy because this is going to impact everybody right right you you know, I, I thoroughly agree, and I really strongly believe that, um, and it, we hit on this after the episode about gentrification, um, when people are not aware of what what policies or what things affect them or affect their communities. So we're so those who do vote, when we don't research or study anything, we're just voting out of hope. And I'm, I'm the first person to be honest. Mm -hmm. I've done it. So I voted to say I voted. Let's, let's deal with the truth. 
Okay. Booted to say I booted. I got my little right. sticker. Well, you know, I'm buttoned up to death. Got my little sticker to prove I voted. But let's come. Let's be real. How many times have we actually taken the time to get to know these names that are attached to what we're even voting for? And like you said, the policies. Because I, I will never forget when I first um, was old enough to vote, and I remember those questions at the at the bottom of the ballot. So this it wasn't the digital voting. And when I read when I read the questions, I was like, whoa, 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 this is a trick. <laughs> it is a trick. I was in Philly, because I'm from Philly. Okay. And I live in DC now. And I said, this is a trick, and I'm telling you why. One of the questions I remember to this day was about asking for more funding. But this is at the very same time in Philly where these were the things we were seeing. Number one, they were closing down public libraries. Okay. Number two, it was all these random ornaments around the city. That's what I call them, ornaments. Okay, it was little pieces of decoration, and I didn't know why they was there. <laughs> didn't see them ten years ago. Didn't care for them then. And I said, so this question about money is a trick because you think it's going to go to that library that needs to stand down the street in your community. You think it's going to go to that community center that needs that pool to be open so they can have effective programs for the summer for your community. But it's not. It's going to more decorations. <laughs> around the city like it, and i i just think that we we stray from it because of fear of the same reason why other people don't vote it's the same fear that if i don't is i don't vote because they ain't gonna do nothing no way like what would the good one do so then we have other people who do vote but then you're uninformed voters and so i still encourage people to vote i ain't gonna tell nobody to stop voting right of course is the aspect of as we grow older, we have to, especially the us who are, are already educated, is being responsible for what we're doing. Right. And a lot of us, I'm be honest, we don't want we don't want to be responsible for it. <laughs> but no, organizations like Conscious of Pentecost will make you be responsible for all this jumping and driving we do at church. It makes you be much more responsible for your community and what's your with the information you're relaying. Right. Like, one thing I always say is that our evangelism looks more, I quote this all a lot, I say, and it rubs people the wrong way, but I say, sometimes our evangelism is looking more like colonialism. <laughs> like, we come in people's <laughs> we come in, in people's community, we're coming in, or we're part of the community, setting up colonies, making people like us, like, trying to, I'm like, dog, like, you're not there to no, demonstrate the kingdom of God, which is not what we see. You know, this is not what the kingdom, the kingdom of God don't look like racial disparity. Kingdom of God. Right. So how can I now help transform my community into reflecting more of the God's kingdom? It is not simply protesting on two issues. You know, you know, we get that from our other brothers and sisters, you know, protesting on a couple political issues. And we think, hey, we can't have that. It can't be none of that around my community, none of that. And not knowing that there's a whole other amount of issues that yes. is that is more reflective of the kingdom of darkness than the kingdom of God, that we can be more ref responsive in and being a part of that and saying, Damon, what are you doing? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, on earth, on mm -hmm. earth. I need to bring the key. How's it coming? It's coming because the kingdom is within me. Right. So when I step up in the community, I don't come to drain my community of resources and, and take money. No, I don't come as a colony 
to set up to tax the community and make it feel like that they are, you know, we're this and they're that. You know, I'm coming and hopefully churches can be a part of the community to the point that we help be, you know, we train people. We become people's advocates. Do you know what that word advocate, that word advocate means to come alongside of? It's the same word that says we have a, a, a teacher, we have a helper, we have the paraclete, one that comes alongside of me. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is, is that you are to Christ please our case. Right. Right. The body of Christ. We plead cases. That's good. You know, we, we preach that that Christ is standing up for me. You know, you heard it before. You know, when when sin want to condemn me, Christ stood up and said no. Now, you know what I'm saying? And I'm saying yes because He's extended mercy to me. Mm-hmm. I am the main one that needs to learn how to extend mercy to other. And the extension of mercy is not a finger. The extension of mercy is coming alongside your community. Mm-hmm. And not saying, girl, you need to stop having them babies out with life. Girl, you need to stop. Man, you need to stop doing this. Y'all need to stop doing that. No. Dr. King said this during the riots when he was alive. He says, you want me to condemn these riots, right? You want me to condemn these these outer issues, black right. and black crime and, and all these. You want me to condemn these issues. First thing when you talk mm-hmm. to folk, the respectable black folks say, oh, what about black on black crime or a white Christian? Black on black crime, black... Okay, we understand that. And if you don't think we're not concerned about that, you're crazy. But Dr. King was saying, don't expect me to condemn these outward external issues that you can see off the top. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Violence is rioting. No. Why aren't you asking me to condemn the the, the reason behind it or the conditions that brought about the rioting? Or the conditions and the self-hate that brought about the black on black crime, mm. or the conditions and the disparities and the lack of jobs and poverty and education. Why aren't you asking me to condemn that? You feel right. you need to you you know, yeah. No, because it's 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 surface. I, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say that something is less than. But example, one example could simply be the aspect of black on black crime, or like the, even like drug epidemic in a, in a black community. Number one, a lot of the stuff that's going on that's linked to the drug epidemic and linked to black on black crime is because we're put in situations where people think that this is going to solve something. Mm-hmm. They're they they are literally put in from kindergarten. <laughs> On up, they already placed at a certain level to believe that this is where they're going to end up. Mm-hmm. This is what they're going to do, and so we're not even our communities. A lot of times, aren't even placed and placed, aren't even positioned. I should say that's what it is, positioned to um to grow and to formulate into effective communities because we don't have all of the access that other that some other communities have. You cannot, Elaine. Look, I tell people this all the time. You cannot. Now, I believe we are we are a resilient people. The things that we have done, the places we have gone, the achievements we have we have we have gathered. I mean, it's amazing. In spite that those in spite of things, mm-hmm. we've done some great things. Right. As a community. Wow. We've risen. We've done some great things. But these are not reasons to ignore the bigger, deeper issue. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Yes. Some people mm-hmm. ride. Yes, some people pull themselves up by the bootstrap. Yes, there are some people that become successes and rise above it. But you can't take those individual cases 
and then hold them up in the faces of the masses and say, see, be like them, be like them, be like them. The injustice is the fact that you're telling this, these masses of people that this is this one example, a few examples that you have to be like. You know what I'm saying? We mm -hmm. have to begin to address those root issues in our community. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. have to address that. And a lot of times we don't. It's like when you have mold in your house or it's like when something stinks, you know, we mm -hmm. want to cover it up and say, yes, remove it. Condemn that smell. Cover that smell up. But there is a leak somewhere. Right. And you need to go to the source of it. You need to go to the source. Right. We'll keep, we'll keep protesting about some of the things that are, I call them distractions. Mm -hmm. I call them, I'll call them distractions. I, I do. Um, I talked about this today. This is very minor. But um, I said to somebody recently, they were talking about the Gucci and Prada thing. That's like, I'm, I'm not always into the latest pop culture. But I asked him, I said, well, what happened? He was like, well, he put up something about blackface again. And I was like, do y'all understand that they only doing that to distract y'all? They know as soon as they're marketing, their sorry apology about what they did to offend us does not even matter. They do that to get likes. They do that to get somebody to turn their head. Sure. I said, I don't believe anymore that it's apology is really apology. I believe that a lot of times it's already a setup or a placement to distract you from something else that you could should be focusing on. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the reason why I brought that up is because I believe that that's a lot of times how the system is set up for us to focus on. Let's focus on this matter when that is that has the least to do with it. You need right. to do your research and study what is the source, what's the real problem that's going on that is leading us even to these problems, right. leading to the I call it the surface. Mm -hmm. Um. With that all being said, because we shared a lot tonight, I'd still have, I wanted to you to, to share more about the aspect of, um, I, I don't want to scare nobody off with this few people that joined in, but more about the fact of the Pentecostal and Epistolic Church who have, I, I am, can you hear me? Are you breaking up a little bit? Okay. Hold on a minute. I'm I'm moving and, and creating. How about now? Can you hear me at all? I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. So what I wanted to say is before we get close out, I wanted to deal a little bit more with the aspect of I am who I am today because of Pentecostalism, because of growing up in the Pentecostal church. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I find. Um, Oh, there's a word I can't find for it. This is not this is not on my list of questions. It's when I wasn't. I just I get a little. I don't want to say frustrated, but I it could be frustration because I'm just like, well, what are we doing past doing this? Past the aspect of just going past the aspect of what you just said, the colonialism aspect. Because when we reach out to people in the street and tell them about Jesus Christ, once they come into church, we're more concerned about what we want them to look like or act like. Versus what first versus them building their own relationship with God, mm -hmm. and I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to come against the Pentecostal Episcopal Church by any means, because that's what that's who I am. Mm -hmm. But I think my frustration is, how long are we going to play this game, where this is our focus, but because you, you can probably explain it way better than I can, but I know you know what I'm saying. How long are we going to keep focusing on these things that don't, they are not the center of what's going to bring some deliverance to the earth? 
their prophetic voice, they, they can bring deliverance to the earth. Um, yeah, I'm not saying as dirty as I want to say it. <laughs> right. No, I hear what you're saying. Um, let me just say this is that I, I understand what you're saying. Some of our uh, not particularly traditions, but some of our methods or ideas or approaches or convictions or disciplines or expressions mm -hmm. of faith. Um, you know, sometimes we have a greater you're saying sometimes we have a greater emphasis on that and not on all of this other stuff that is important. And mm -hmm. how long, you know, we can't continue just emphasize on that and, and ignore this. And I, I agree with you to the point that now as a apostolic believer, mm. um, me personally, I still, I mean, I still, uh, I do appreciate people church and express their faith in so many ways. But me personally, I appreciate what I may call the apostolic distinction or some of the stereotypical <laughs> things that people know us by. Mm -hmm. um, there are some things I embrace those things, but what mm -hmm. I don't do is build my entire faith on those things. That's, good. Okay. that's, good. That, that's it. You know, I don't think that the world or even millennials are turned off by our apostolic Pentecostal distinctions. I don't think that's what it is. I think they're more turned off by that one, there is a level of nowadays, not back then, I think more recently in our churches, there's a lot of, in. they're looking for authenticity and it's not about exactly our individual details of our distinctions, but they want to know, do you really, really believe that? Are you balanced in that? And what about the other issues? You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't believe people have a problem with our distinctions if we, if we lived out the faith in such an authentic, radical, compassionate way. I don't think people are concerned. I mean, honestly, there are some things people would just deal with. Okay, they said, don't wear this. All right. You know, but that will not really be an issue if there was all this other stuff that we're doing. Okay. I get what you're saying. That's what I'm mm -hmm. saying. I believe that mm -hmm. millennials don't, millennials are not as caught up as we think about, oh, Lord, they told me I can't win. I can't deal with this. No, what they can't deal with is you just all you know. That's all you do. That's all you talk about. That's all you preach. That's all you say. You know what I'm saying? Then it's like, you know, all right. You know, and so it's interesting you say that because, um, so I went to a, I did go to a, and <laughs> I went to a, I want to say multicultural school, but it's exactly what you said earlier. Multiracial school. Right. And they get the terminology multicultural. <laughs> and I would be frustrated because I'd be like, well, why is there only one black worship team? Why are all the other worship teams white? <laughs> and you got Asians Hispanic, you got people from Hawaii here. I'm just confused. <laughs> why so many people so once again I, 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 <laughs> I sidebar I was very confused and I was one of the extra people that came forth like let's start a multi-racial uh, multi worship team to bring multiculturalism mm -hmm. so you can stop trying to tell me it's just going to be a team with all black people why can't I have a team with one Asian one white and to bring the actual culture to it versus just the race the, the multiracial aspects of it mm -hmm. Well, I understand exactly what you're saying because um, I realize that when people realize, when people understand that it's more than just the skirt, but there's a reason why you wear the skirt. There's more than just the speaking in tongues, but there's a reason why you do that too. There's more right. than just um, the formality of it. Right. 
people can respect you when they know that there's a balance of you. I think it's when, and which is exactly what you said, it's almost like you scare people a little bit because they start to think <laughs> they might be crazy. <laughs> right, right. Or it might be a cult. They, that's when they start thinking stuff like that. Or it might be a cult because it's like they was relevant to the things that's going on in our society. Right. Right, right. And that's why a lot of times, you know, I tell people, you know, yes, I am still, that's conscious and Pentecost. I am still apostolic. I tell people all the time, I, I believe, I do believe in holiness. I believe in a lot, you know, a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? But I don't believe that I am to be judge and juror and think that, oh, because you're not living holy, you ought to live like a dog, you know, or because you're not living holy, you don't deserve to be loved <laughs> or you're not living holy that, oh, if you, if you, that you know you nah like I, I just don't believe that it's my job to show Christ show this love and I do what I do not because I want you to be apostolic or Pentecostal mm -hmm. or Christian mm -hmm. I do what I do because I am a Pentecostal Christian mm -hmm. it is my faith that is driving me you know what I'm saying so mm -hmm. when we go out into communities we can't be knocking on telling people to join us just to be like us no, I'm coming to you because I sincerely have a heart to see you whole in your spirit, in your, in your, you know, economically, in your job situation, you know, in your health. I, I am here. And guess what? As a minister of Christ, we have this ministry of reconciliation. When I bring you, when I bring this Christ and introduce you, he is going to be concerned about right, yeah, all, of you. all of you, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's not about missing hell and checking the box and putting your name on the roll and saying we got one. No, you're not. You're not. No, I am like a good Samaritan. I want to come. I want to pour the ointment on your wounds. I want to kneel down and get it. Look at that great. I'm closing here, but look at that great parable that Christ gives us and the the, the type of church that he, the good Samaritan comes and he sees someone who was beaten up by thieves and robbers and th th that's our community oppressed right. and beaten up by thieves and robbers and the good Samaritan doesn't come with the oil and with the ointment the medicine from a distance talk to him and just throw it at him and that's how we offer Christ sometimes we just uh, and just pour mm. Christ and, and you know no the good Samaritan shows us how to kneel down that means mm. humble yourself Right. On an equal plane with the people you are ministering to. Get some empathy. You feel what I'm saying? Get some empathy. And look at this. Technically, you know, back in those days, culture, when someone looks dead, death, dying things, had a, you had to stay away from those things. It was illegal. Right. It was offensive. But somebody, my goodness, had to have the foresight and had right. to have the vision to see beyond the traditional restrictions or the restrictions of legality and say, right. I know what our custom is, but this man is dying. Right. <laughs> I know what our traditions are, but this man is dying. So what I'm going to do, I, I now look, I got what it takes to heal him. So I've got to go to where he is. I got to climb over traditions and, and customs. I've got to, uh, I know what they're there for, but not this man's life is in danger. I'm going to kneel down, get in proximity 
to them. That's our community. Kneel down. Right. Humble yourself. You know what I'm saying? And then examine the wound. He didn't just start pouring it where he thought it was. No, you got to examine it. We're lazy. Churches and ministers and pastors, if you, we want to be in that community, study that community. Mm. Examine that community. That's Talk good. to the leaders of that community. See where that community is bleeding. See where they're hurt. See where the wound is. You know, if you're going to stop the bleeding, you don't wrap them up like a mummy. You got to go to where it is. Find out what is the economical history of that community. What is the racial history of that community? What is going on in the cracks and the crevices of that community? Is there a relationship with the with law enforcement? Is that proper? Is that in order? What's going on? Why are more arrests in my community? Why is there more? Why, what's the infant mortality rate in my community? Why? What is what is going on in my community? You know. So before you apply, apply the gospel and preach. You've got to find out where the issue is. Then you begin to pour yeah. and minister and wrap and 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 get that wound together. You feel what I'm saying? Right. In my closing, that I'm sorry to feel all preachy. I feel like I am preaching. Because <laughs> you said in my closing, once before I said, I know. You know, I'm not talking about We we've got to be, take that example. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. And, and get close to our communities and understand what's going on. And listen, if your church ain't with it, I'm not telling you to leave your church. Don't say that. I'm not telling you to blast your pastor. Don't say that. But what I am saying, as a believer, show up in organizations where you can agree on certain things and say, I have a heart for the elderly in my community. I have the heart for homelessness and poverty in my community. Yeah. I have a heart for these type of women and these type of men in my community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I have a heart. I want. Why are we serving on the the police advisory boards that check the police officer? Why aren't we showing up to city council meetings? Why aren't we at school boards to see what they're teaching our children? Why aren't we talking about environmental justice and leading the charge and talking about lead? Lead is in your community and the church is there. Speak up, say something, do something, gather some signatures. But when it's time for pastor anniversary, you want you want to add, you want you want to sell tickets. Your community ain't coming to your banquet when you haven't come on, y'all. So right. so conscious and pinnacle. This is my passion lane. I get carried away. I'm so sorry, but this it is what it is. You have to edit. But uh, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, I'm glad you, number one, I'm glad you came. I'm glad you were able to come onto the show and to share this information. Um, not just about what Conscious and Pentecost is, but more so to just encourage people to push past their level of comfortability. And especially for uh, to anybody listening, I'm um, even on live because I know my, my phone, uh, Instagram thing is about to shut down. But to anybody who's listening, when you become passionate about any area, any pe any people, um, even a culture, I know some people that become passionate about a specific culture that may not be not may may not be like their culture that they're in. I think you should go in and study that and grow in it because you never know what God wants to, wants for you to do to impact those people. And I believe that even the information that you shared tonight will cause people to kind of revisit their focus of ministry, especially when, oh my Lord, especially when you talk about researching your neighborhoods where your church is in and know what your neighborhood needs. So you won't, you're not 
you're trying to bring some, sometimes we do this, we bring something to people, they don't need that. That's why they didn't come. You have an event and you like, nobody came to my event. It was right. like 10, 20 right. people. Right. Because you had something that the, the community doesn't need. Right. If you do something that that community needs, right. you'll see an outcome. Right. And, 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 and let me say this, partner, Partner, let me just say this, partner with civic and community organizations. So like with me, I'm part of a major historical civil rights organization. I sit on the board here in New York City, right? Fine, good, right? I do that. That's part of me. That's what I do. But find other churches can partner with other organizations that's already doing the work. You don't have to lift it up by yourself. Just yes, partner with people. Build a coalition. You feel what I'm saying? Like you said, your community got 10 soup kitchens already in a three mile radius, okay? The Episcopal church, the Catholic church, and the Presbyterian church cook better than you. They they get they got that down pat. Find out what else is needed. Right. Find 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 out what else is needed. Do something for justice. Remember, not just charity, but do something for justice sake. Do something that's gonna change the system of your community, something that's gonna have a systemic impact. A right. charity takes care of the, the fruit. You know what I'm saying? But when you mm -hmm. deal with justice issues, you dig in looking for the root issue. You feel what I'm saying? Why is there homelessness in this community? Why is there issue? You know what I'm saying? Oh, mm -hmm. that policy. Oh, that thing that the city council passed. Oh, mm -hmm. that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So we gotta we gotta talk to city council. You feel what I'm saying? Right. Find right. your niche, ask the Lord for direction, and begin to be a voice for your community. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. No, thank you so much, um, Mr. Stubbs, for being a part um, and for sharing so much more. I every I try to get as many people who are informed. You can be. I I have no problem with people being way more informed than I am. That's why they're my guests. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know what I'm versed in. I know what I'm informed about. But but I want to bring a light. I, I need I need light to be shown. To these various areas and being conscious of Pentecost and even um with, with with what you're doing and where you're going i wanted the light to be shown and i want people to seek god in their own way for their own personal conviction of what god has called them to do to impact this world beyond like you said another conference or another church service nothing wrong with having them but beyond that what has god called you to do to impact this world to actually bring an actual change um to the source as you said um, the last thing I wanted you to do, I close out in prayer every time. Mm -hmm. um, but before we close out in prayer, um, and I'm going to ask you to pray. I prayed the last episode, so I'm going to turn that over to you. But before you close out in prayer, anything that you have coming up with Conscious and Pentecost in 2019, and well, also tell the people where they can find you on social media. Right. So you can always go to www.consciousandpentecost.com. ConsciousInPentecost.com, not .wordpress.com, any of that. Those don't go there. ConsciousInPentecost.com. That is where you can find at least our vision, our mission statement, and any upcoming events that might be going on. A lot of times, Damon Stubbs is my Facebook handle. Mm -hmm. uh, also, an Urban Gent is my IG. But on Facebook, a lot of times, I do host live casts where we're talking about issues okay. Sometimes we have a Bible study. Sometimes we're talking about social justice issues, um, which has been recently getting some upkick. So you can definitely meet me there. Also, we are planning an event for the summer, and I can't say anything now. Okay. Okay. So be okay because it, it's going to be great. Um, and hopefully, once I get the final approval from <laughs> for this partnership, 
Mm-hmm. Um, it will be great. But once that's released, you can support me there, support mm-hmm. the movement there. And um, you'll support Conscious and Pentecost, not because we're an organization that you can join, but you'll support Conscious and Pentecost simply by saying, you know what, Damon, you moved me and I'm actually going to go to that meeting. That, that, that community board meeting, that council meeting. I'm gonna find out what the issues are in my community. You know what? I'm gonna actually go with the NAACP to help people register to vote, to fight against voter suppression. Mm-hmm. You know, those type of things. You can be a conscious Pentecostal, conscious right. and Pentecostal, a conscious Christian, okay? So that's that, that's what's coming up. Hit me up on my website. And on my website, I have tons of blog, tons of writings. I love to write. Um, it's really some good stuff. And not your Negro preacher is something that really like came from the inside, a manifesto of a black millennial man- minister. Mm-hmm. So hit that up. So definitely, yeah. Yeah, it was very good. I, I enjoyed it, and that was one of the reasons that drew me to um, what you do and to conscious and protocols. Um, what I was going to say is make sure that when it does come out, that tag when you talk, tag Elaine Janelle, because I I push brands so. Even just like we're pushing your brand tonight, when the event happens and you have all the dynamics and everything is working out, and I believe that their partnership will work out, I'll make sure that we share it on social media just so other people check it out. We'll share it on the show as well. Um, you can go ahead and close this out in prayer. Thanks sure. again for joining us. And yes. I do appreciate, I appreciate you. For real. My pleasure. My pleasure, Elaine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for this evening of discussion. God, I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to become more acquainted with our purpose in the earth, which is to be salt and to be light. Father, I pray that you will help us and give us the wisdom, Lord, and give us the boldness and the courage to move, Lord, in the way you will want us to move, God, and to be a living witness, God, a witness for justice, a witness for mercy, a witness for grace, God, a witness, Lord, of of what you have given us, let us give unto others. Now, God, I pray, Lord, that you continue to bless Elaine and her efforts. Father, I pray that those who are listening and those who have tuned in, God, that you will give them burdens, Lord. Father, that they will become bothered by the conditions of their communities, Lord, and that you will give them insight and the know-how on how to address. Father, I pray that pastors in this hour will stand up with prophetic boldness and courage, Lord, and speak truth to power, God, and come against the forces of darkness that will try, Lord, to destroy our communities, oppress our people. Father, I pray that we will use your scripture, the word of God, as our inspiration and as the center of all what we do. We thank you, Lord, for leading and guiding us now. In your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.